Hallelujah. Roy Cipher. Amen. Praise the Lord. Welcome. hear me? How many can hear me? Okay, young man, would you come up here? I'm going to have you blow the shofar. How's everybody doing here? Are you awesome? Is he awesome? Is everybody awesome in my hand? Okay. We're going to get a little rowdy here tonight because I always get rowdy. See, my wife and I blow in, blow up, and blow out, and then the pastors have to take care of all the fallout. Do you understand that? That's what a prophetic evangelist does, see. I'm glad I'm not a pastor. Okay, brother, go ahead. Give him a hand. Give him a shout. It says in Psalms, give him a shout and give him a hand and give him a clap. That's what it says. And I sometimes do it a jump. That's because I'm so young. Okay, hallelujah. I don't totally know where the Holy Spirit's going right at the moment. I got touched pretty strongly over there in the corner a few minutes ago. The parousia presence of the Lord came down like honey a while ago. Did you see it? Did you feel it? Did you taste it? Did you stand in it? See, you only get as much as you want. Are you hearing me, charts? Those that are desperate and those that are hungry... And you feel like you absolutely will die if you don't get some more. You're the ones that are going to get it. Years ago, after a suicide attempt in North Shore, Hawaii, I tried taking my life. Seventeen years after the Vietnam War, I was checking out of here. But in Vietnam, the Lord touched me, and I got baptized in the South China Sea and born again of this, you know, God. And, but I didn't know how to handle it. Are you hearing me? How many have, have touched God, and then all of a sudden you didn't know what to do with it? You didn't have a clue because nobody discipled you. And circumstances come in and stole and destroyed and tried to kill everything that God wanted to do. Is anybody here? Am I the only one? Are you hearing me, church? I was a Kansas boy still looking for Dorothy and Toto. You know, I I wasn't too smart at times. Are you hearing me? And we live in Oklahoma now, and Dorothy and Toto came by three times this year already. We were in the storm shelter one night just recently, 11 of us, nine adults, two children, and a dog. I guess there were a few prayers going up that night. How about it, Miss Susan? Oh, yeah. How many know we got to know our neighbors really well? Are you hearing me? Well, uh, 
good time to tell about Jesus, don't you think? See, most of the time people only holler out to God when there's a crisis going on. Are you hearing me? Oh, God! You know, David did in Psalms 51. How many times have you cried out to him only when you were hurting or when you didn't know what would happen? Are you hearing me, church? David was also in the cave one time, a cave of Adullam or Dulam or whoever. I'm not a scholar, but it was a cave. And how many have been in your cave of circumstances in your lives? And when you're in that cave, you get on your knees and you say, Oh, God! And all of a sudden, it's real quiet. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? How many would like an audible answer? Well, there's not always an audible answer. Are you hearing me? But we really would like to have one, you know? We would like to have it written out in great big neon lights. Oh, Roy, it's, it, yeah, I'm calling you again. Oh, is that you, Daddy? Are you hearing me? And here I am on the beach in Hawaii, North Shore. I thought everybody wanted to kill me. Are you hearing me? I was 38 years old. I lost my wife. I lost my kids. I lost my reputation. I was maybe going to go to prison. I was desperate. And then, and then, and then God. Give him a hand. But give him a hand. See, see, God shows up. He shows up. And tonight, when we're in his parousia presence, how many know what parousia presence means? Anybody want to take a stab at it? This isn't a trick question. Come on, anybody. Tangible presence, what were you saying? You feel his presence. Now, Now, sometimes you get the big goosey bumpies, you know. That's really cool, right? Anybody else, how do you feel his presence? Kyle, how do you feel his presence? Is this like a sense? It's like an unction? Yes. How about you, sister? You're a worship leader. How do you sense him? Oh, so, so it makes you weak in the knees. It's like something inside of you you can't really explain. Is that true? Are there things in Christ, in God, that we can't explain? Well, absolutely. That's why he's God and we're not. Are you hearing me, church? So here's this Kansas boy that got all messed up in a war and come home and they spit on me and call me a baby killer and, and I had seven and a half body parts missing. I was disabled from the war, and, and but I wanted to serve God because I touched God in the war. In your war experience, have you touched God? And then all of a sudden, one year went by, two years went by, a decade went by. Are you hearing me, church? We're real people. This is real life. This isn't a movie in Hollywood. This is the real deal. But guess what, guys? This is the real God. Come on, one more hand. My wife's actually video on this. I'm sending this to Pakistan next week. This will go to Pakistan next week. They'll be showing it in Lahore, Pakistan. As I told you when we were here, 
we're, we've established 140 uh, persecuted churches in Pakistan now. And in Africa, a lot more. But I'm not here to boast in us and what God's having us do. I'm here to boast as Paul. He said he would boast only in who? He would boast in Christ. And see, God is the Holy Ghost that has the most. See? And tonight, when we were worshiping, and I was right over here, I was drawn to this right here. Are you hearing me, church? Do you know what this represents? Brother, what does this represent? It's the seat of God. Uh, what does that mean? Ah, now we're getting somewhere. He said the presence of God. Now, if any of you studied about this, I'm sure you have. You've been doing Feast of Tabernacles for a while. Last year was my first time ever. I was totally blown away. That's why we're here again this year. We want to learn more. I even got to dance with this young man last year. I didn't tonight, but I probably will before the weekend's over. Are you hearing me? Because, see, God put a dancing in my step. See, I was a sad sack before. But when the power of the Lord fell on me, all of a sudden I was undone. Anybody been undone? Okay, I want to take this somewhere here. When you study about the tabernacle of God, what is way out here? Not a trick question. The what? What was that you said? The outer court? What is that? Is that a, a food place or what? Well, how would you explain outer court? A food court? Oh. Okay, here, I'm going to run up here. It's where the Gentiles and all the uh, meeting places were that, um, and they would sometimes even do some of their business transactions in the outer court. And then there's the what? What's the inner court, sister? Uh, it's not the Holy of Holies. Um, I forget what it's called. That where the uh, lamp stand, the worst stand, and the other, a lot of the utensils are. Yeah, right, the showbread. Showbread. Anybody else? Well, that's where we're going. That's where we're going. We're on our way there right now. I'm going to talk about it on Sunday, and I'm going to really break it down. Tonight, I'm not going to. I'm going to a, a few other places tonight. On Sunday, I'm going to really break this puppy down. It's not a puppy, but, you know, <laughs> I speak on the streets a lot out there. and Sometimes I, I, I speak their lingo, if you want to know what I mean. But the inner court, oh, there's a water up here already, and I brought my water up. Here's one that says Roy. Oh, that says speaker. Oh, good, I have two. <laughs> okay. We are going somewhere here, church. The inner court is where the residency of Father, Son, Holy Spirit are. Is this a true statement? I didn't hear you. Is that an amen or no? No. That was an amen? 
That's that. That's the residency of 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 the holy place, isn't it? But see, in the outer court, that's where most people reside. Are you hearing me? That's where most Christians stay. Are you hearing me? And then sometimes they tippy-toe up, and they get almost to the outer court, and maybe they step inside just a little bit, get the feet a little bit wet. Are you hearing me? They get just a little bit wet. They do what it says in Isaiah 55. Ho! Get into the river. See? But then we get into the river, and all of a sudden we realize it costs us something. Are you hearing me? See, it costs you a whole lot. Let me give you an idea tonight. Being in Christ, it might cost you a little. It might cost you a lot. But any way you go, it's going to cost you, Christian. Are you hearing me? Are you ready to run out of here yet? Are you hearing me? See, see, there is commitment in Christ. But the point is, in the outer court is where most people stay. Because there's very little challenge there. Are you hearing me? But some have ventured into the inner court. Paul mentioned it in Romans 7. Anybody familiar with Romans 7? Romans 7, Paul says, Oh, well, let me just go there. Why not? Let me go there. I've got my 40-pounder here tonight. I don't know whether I'll use it. I'll use this little one first. Go to Romans numbers. Is it Romans 7? I believe it is. Yes, it is. Romans 7. Okay, anybody there with me? If not, you just listen, okay? Now, Romans 7. How many know that Paul got knocked off his horse of circumstance? Are you familiar with that? How many know he had to have a lobotomy after that? Is that a new one for you? In other words, he had a lobotomy. God took everything away. Are you hearing me? You and I had a lobotomy. Your lobotomy is back here. I, I, I have a medical degree, so I, I just threw that out there. I just thought it might might shake you up a little. Okay, let's say, let's say let's say he just takes everything away. Are you hearing me? In other words, he starts you at ground zero. Are you hearing me? See, ground zero, Paul was so low at ground zero, he had to claw his way up to just get to ground zero. Are you hearing me? That's many of us. That was me. And God did a lobotomy on me. In other words, he, he wiped the slate clean. I was 38 years old, and all of a sudden, I couldn't remember anything about anything. And the Lord said, he took me to the backside of the desert, and for seven months, I read this on the beach in North Shore, Hawaii. Seven months. Oh, guess what happened? Guess what happened? Anybody guess what happened? What happened? You got filled with the Holy Spirit and your mind got renewed. Wow. Are you hearing me? I had God encounters. Have you had God encounters? More than one? You have to have them every day. Are you hearing me? See? Oh, he was a rascal. So was Roy. Are you hearing me? 
I'm going to say so are you. See, we're rascals in the law. But the thing is, I'm going to go to Romans 7 now. I didn't forget about this. I don't have short-term memory loss anymore. Praise God. Okay. Are you hearing me? Woo-hoo! Okay. In Romans 7, let's see. You know what? I'm not going to read up and down in there. I'm just going to tell you, basically, I'm sort of going to inform you of what happened here. Paul was sort of in the outer court. Are you hearing me? And occasionally, he would go into the inner court. But he'd get beat up. Are you hearing me? Have you been into the inner court and got beaten up and you run back out? And I ain't going in there again, God. It's dangerous in there. It costs me something. Are you hearing me? Okay. Are you mad at me yet? Okay, we're going on. (laughs) Woo! So Paul finally decides to go in to the inner court and rend the veil. That's where God wants to take you anyway. And by Romans 8, he says, We are more than conquerors, neither height nor depth, nor principalities, nor things seen, nor any other angel, fallen angel that is, can separate me from this great love of Jesus. Give him a hand. Hallelujah. That's what happened to Roy. I heard about the outer court. I heard about the inner car, and I got beat all to pieces. And all of a sudden, I did an Isaiah 64. It says, and he rent the veil. In the Greek, it means to tear, to rip, to pull down the atmosphere of heaven down here into this place called planet Earth. Give him a hand. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? And I'm going somewhere with this. See, this conference is called, this time, The Merge. The Merge. Last time I opened, they asked me to open, and it was bringing the miraculous down here. Are you hearing me? Bringing the miraculous down here. How do you bring the miraculous down here? You call it out. You call it out. You see, you and I, we house everything of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. We represent Him. We are Him on here, all of Him. Everything about Him, His whole shooting match, His whole character, the nine fruit of the Spirit, love, power, wisdom, and just everything about the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost is ours because He trusts us with it. Are you hearing me? He trusts you and I with it. And He knew what rascals we were and still can be but he still trusts you and I with it. I think that deserves another hand. He trusts you, John. He trusts you with it. And you become a carrier, a habitation, a residency. Did you know in the Garden of Eden, when the first couple sinned, that God was housing with them? Is that a new one for you? I hope that rattles your cage. See, he was housing with them. He wants to house with you. He wants to tabernacle with you. He wants to habitate with you. 
because he made you in his image and likeness and he said it was good. That's the bottom line. Bottom line. And then it got perverted, but that didn't stop the daddy. In Genesis 15, he made a way back. He made the way back. Go there and read it. He made a way back for you and me. The first prophetic word in God's word, he made a way back for you and I. And then there was Enoch. Oh, I love this man, Enoch. Enoch got so excited about the things of God, he came in the coolness of the day and was walking with the daddy just like Adam and Eve originally did. So one day God says, why don't you come up here? And then, and then, and then, and then, and then, and then. Who's he walking with right now? You and I, in the coolness of the day. Isn't that exciting? See, that was his original intent. Just because man sinned, it doesn't block the intent of God. Not at all. See, he raised up the man Paul. Paul wrote, what, 16 books in, the, in there? Oh, help Sue and I, because Sue and I have a, an E4 school ministry. We have, Sue and I, uh, since we were with you all, uh, we were here last year, and the Lord gave us a word, new norm. We're like, uh, 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 what does that mean, God? What does that mean, new norm? So, uh, the new normal. So then we get down in Allentown, Pennsylvania after this, and we're, we're preaching, and doing intercession meetings, and, and, and the Lord gave me one night new mantle. Okay, how do I connect the dots, Father? See, sometimes we don't know how to connect the dots, do we? So go in your secret quiet place with him and connect the dots, okay, because he'll connect them every time. I'm losing my voice, that's all right. Uh, I've been, we preached about five times down there, and it's been an interesting week, but um, Lord, I need my voice in Jesus' name. And anyway, <laughs> we got home in California. And guess what happened? The fire was moving, and the cloud was moving. And Roy and Susan go, oh, my God, oh, my. We tried to move two times in 19 years, and you blocked us both times. And Sue even quit her job once, and we had to ask for it back. I pray we hear you this time. Is that you, Daddy? Abba? See? Has Abba given you a name yet, church? Has he given you an individual name yet, son? Daddy given you a name yet? Okay. But has he given you a heavenly name? Have you given me a heavenly name? Father, right now, I explore the possibilities that you're giving me a heavenly name. And I'll hear what you have to say. Thank you, Daddy. Thank you, Daddy. Now clap. Now you wait for him to, you wait for him to, he's going to hear. Are you hearing me? We don't receive unless we ask. Years ago I asked and guess what? He said my heavenly name was L-O-J. 
lion of the tribe of Judah. You ask my wife if I don't roar like a lion. <laughs> I do. You, are you hearing me? You see, we don't get if we don't ask. You see what I'm saying? And when we were asked to come this year, did I, did I go too high here? Okay. And we were told that it was merge. And then notice down here, on earth as it's in heaven, my spirits are doing jumping jacks. Your spirit ever done jumping jacks? When I found out we were going to get to come here and blow in and blow up and blow out again, I was doing jumping jacks. You asked my wife. So was she. Because we like to get together with rowdy people. Are you hearing me? And those that aren't rowdy, by the time we leave, they either run out of the door screaming, oh, no, oh, no, or they're getting rowdy. Are you hearing me? But then they're going to go home, and they're going to think about it. They're going to go and say, you know what? It's better to be rowdy than to be a sad sack. Is that true? Is that, is that true? Yeah. Who likes being a sad sack? Come on. You know, I was at one time. So they told me it was going to be merged. And, and I'm like, okay, merge. Let's see. I'm driving on the freeway, and everybody wants to merge into my lane. Is that what they're talking about? This afternoon, I almost got merged good out here on this freeway. And I thought, no. I, Susan, look it up. Look it up. On, see, we, we have all this electronic stuff these days. We can do. I go to Surrey, and I say, Surrey, do you love me? And Surrey says, it doesn't compute. That wasn't very nice, Surrey, of you to say that. She usually answers things. And so Susan goes on there, and I say, she says, oh, oh, Surrey didn't have the answer, did she? So you had to go to what, uh, Sapphire or what is it? What's it? What? Oh, Google. You went to Google. Okay, she went to Google. And what did it say Burge was? You remember Okay, to blend or to bring together as if it is one item. Is that right? Not, and not just one. Are you hearing me? Okay, now why would they put this word merge on this card and try to fit it into spirit things? Because they heard from the spirit, that's what. Are you hearing me? See, people just don't think, Pull things out. Once you become in tune with the spirit of the living God that lives within you and me. See, the reason most people don't get what's already in them is they don't voice activate it. Is that an amen or no? No. You must voice activate it. This sister here just told me a testimony of last year when I was here. She was laying right there, and there was another friend of hers laying over there, and something happened. You have one minute. That the joy of the Lord came over me, and I believe he said in Matthew 5, those who, are, who mourn shall receive joy and be comforted. And that, that it did happen because I've had a lot of trials over the you know, in the grieving process of losing two sisters in seven months, it hit me deep in my heart. Now, and now is it in your spirit? It's not in my spirit. It is. Okay. And I laugh like sometimes. Because you 
I just laugh at nothing. I laugh at nothing. <laughs> See, you have to understand, church, gets in your spirit where Father, Son, Holy Spirit lives. See, your mind, your will, your emotions is your soulish person. I told you last year that too many people have a floppy fish going. No, that probably throws you. We live where there's little lakes and everything. We can go fishing. I, I, I taught my my uh, grandson to fish the other day. I didn't tell him I didn't put a hook on there. I didn't want to get hooked the first time out. So I just put one of them rubber jobbers on there, and he'd cast it out. Oh, Grandpa, why can't I catch a fish? Well, I'm teaching you how to cast, Levi. I'll put a hook on there next time, but I didn't want him hooking his sister and me, you know what I'm saying? But the point is, what is the thing? No. The point is, is see, our soulish person is our mind, our will, our emotions. Are you hearing me? Where does your spirit live, church? In your heart? Hey, I like that. It lives. Here, you say that really loud. I want this to hear it on the camera. I, I let church be in my heart with love. And I love coming to church with all you guys. Well, amen. So he's got it. Is that right? He's got it. And see, too many times it's soul rule and not spirit rule. Who's hearing this? I did, yeah, so I clap to myself. Come on. Okay, I didn't think I had to clap for me. Okay, you're clapping for him, I know. So you need to understand that too many people go around and let their soul rule things in their lives. And they wonder why they're in a bunch of grief. Let me give you an example. Are you ready for an example? Okay, I'm going to have a little swig here. This is that Isaiah 55 stuff, get into the river. I was in Uganda the other day. And we were teaching pastors for, I don't know, there was five of us. I took five, four other pastors, and we do tag team preaching, and after five days, it's pretty intense. So I was teaching on different things and hoping they would get it, and the Lord gave me an illustration. He says, get your water bottle out and start slinging water on the, Worship team. So I started slinging water all over the worship team. I said, you you guys want to get into the flow. You want to get into the water. So then I run out into the congregation. I have it on film. I played it before somebody the other day, and they just cracked up. I had forgotten about it, but they got the point. How many know that illustrations sometimes bring a point home? Are you hearing me? You know, we hear it, but then if we see it, sometimes... It reinforces it. Are you hearing me? But the point is, see, we must be spirit rule, God rule, not flesh rule. And that's why many of us were dysfunctional. That's why we were in manipulative, controlling behavior patterns. And that's why many of us never grew up. Now, my friend wrote a book. His name is... David Ravenhill, his father was Leonard Ravenhill, who was one of my mentors before he went to heaven. And David wrote a book that said, For God's sake, grow up church. Ouch! Now that, that, that would nip you, you know, nip you in the 
you know, a little bit, wouldn't it? But if you sat down and thought about it for about five minutes, you would see that it's really true. It, it, it is time for the church to quit being a bunch of wimps. Are you hearing me? I don't take wimps on any of these trips I go on. It's too dangerous. I've almost lost my life five times on these trips. Come on. I go. Uh, I just got back from Pakistan. Come on. You really think I'm going to take a wimp with me to Pakistan? I don't think so. I want somebody to guard my back. And when I was on stage preaching in front of 8,000 people, they had two AK-47s on the stage with me, and I said, do you have more? <laughs> Are you hearing me? People said, really? I said, well, I was the one there trying to stay alive. Are you hearing me? So the point is, there is wisdom in all things. You don't, See, I don't want to be prematurely martyred. Are you hearing me? I've almost been martyred five times, preaching in five Muslim nations, and I still have a warrant for my arrest in Indonesia. So there is wisdom. There's wisdom in growing up, church. Are you hearing me? See, I, I'm sure there's times that the pastors here, it might become redundant to you all that they're harping on this thing, uh, growing up. Oh, gosh, I wish they would get. You know? Are you hearing me? But you're not going to let up, are you? You're going to do it in what? Oh, yeah. What? Yeah, with a whip. Oh, yeah. See, you hear that? With a whip with nine tail. Or, no. <laughs> are you hearing me? See? There's sometimes we'd like to do that with our kids, see? But my kids are all grown up now. My youngest is, what, uh, 20, going on 28 now. My oldest is, what, 50. The point is, there's times we would like to, yeah, you, you know what I'm saying. And, and, but see, has God ever taken you to the woodshed? Come on, let's be honest. Sean, has God ever taken you to the woodshed? Sure, more than once. How come? Because I needed correction. Oh, 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 oh. How about you, Pastor? And he did. See, I was afraid of Father God. My father used to beat my mother and me. So I hated my father until I was 38 when I came back to Christ. And so when uh, uh, Jesus, I started understanding him because he was a great shepherd, and I learned about him in vacation Bible school. And, and from also Kansas, my aunt taught me, Psalms 23. And then it came to the Holy Spirit. I said, no, no, I don't do devil stuff. You know, I said, no, I don't go, go there because... My dad was into to Ouija boards and, and, and astrology and all of this stuff, and I got into some of that stuff, too, when I was drugging and doing all that before I came back to Christ. And so I didn't have any understanding. See, the understanding that you have down here on this earth, that relates to how you treat Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Come on, let's put both hands up and say this is true. See, this is true. I'm telling you truth, church. And what the Father has to do is he has to get away and get that mindset out of you. And when you get the Holy Ghost, it comes in here and it burns that film up as it, the old film runs through your projectors of life. And it burns and melts that film and you no longer think about the past. You only think about the things in Christ ahead. 
Give him another hand and a shout. See, that's called growing up. See? See, Sue and I take people back to Genesis. See, when we were, when, when the first earthly couple was here, they lost their dominion and authority when they sinned. Are you hearing me? Say dominion and authority. Have you taken yours back, church? Have you taken yours back? All of us? All of us? All of us? All is all. Oh, 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 okay. See, we must go back and take back authority and dominion. But what does that do? It launches you into destiny. Woo! Destiny! We're destined for the throne. But see, right down here now, we're bringing heaven on this earth. At the mercy seat comes down the broad and spacious waterways. Down from heavenly new Jerusalem, watering the trees of righteousness on the way down here. And it's coming down here. And it's touching you and me. Woo. When I started finding these things out, this Kansas boy's head was swimming. And I said, God, you're going to have to do a number on me. And he did. He did a number on me. He put a love in me that's so intense that some people are afraid of me. And I say, oh, you can be healed of that. Are you hearing me? You can be healed of that. See? See, the thing is, see, I learned what it was to walk in destiny. I learned what it was to go past the outer into the inner and remember, on Sunday, I'm going to go in detail on this thing. But, and, I, and I finally got in there where Paul was, and Paul said the things he wanted to do, he didn't. The things he didn't know, wretched man that he was, who would deliver him from that body of sin? And then in Romans 8, he was more than a conqueror, and that's you and me. You go past the outer into the inner, and then when God rends the veil, see, it says so right here. Go over to Isaiah 64, and I'm going to go more into this, too, on Sunday morning. But, you know, Isaiah, this is one of my, well, Isaiah is my favorite. But last night, I was down at our friend's house in Allentown. We preached at their church on Sunday and did all kinds of meetings for a whole week. And we go day and days and days and days on these trips, and it took us three days to even drive there. And, and motels and all kinds of things and fast food and then you get there and you preach a few hours later and, and they expect you just like in Africa and wherever else we go they expect you when you hit the tarmac to give them every ounce that you have are you hearing me it takes a draw on the anointing are you hearing me a demand but we're, when, when we're in Christ the Father in Him, and Him and the Father, and they in us. When they are in us, and He puts a demand on you and I, you can stand up to the occasion. Moses did. They had all those miracles happen out in Egypt, uh, coming out of the red, uh, to the Red Sea, and everybody had their very first test. And they failed. They were screaming ninnies. Are you hearing me? A bunch of screaming ninnies. Moses, you can almost hear him behind the scenes. Oh, God, why did you have me do this? And then there was his brother, 
his sister Miriam and his brother and Aaron and and, and, and then the people saw the dust of the Pharaoh's chariots in the distance. And, oh, Moses, you brought us out here to die. Oh, shut up. Are you hearing me? That's sometimes the body of Christ. Soon I see more of it than most because we're always on the road. And now we have this new training center. What's our training center called? We had a vision of this for years. What's it called? I it's C-O-R-T. That's right. City of Refuge Training Center, Comanche, Oklahoma. No, we didn't turn into Indians, but we do live in Comanche. It's a little farm town. Come on, I love farm town. And we started a missionary training center. And we have, before we left here, we had five. And we had 16 for a, for a conference for five days. I don't know, three days, maybe five. I don't know how many days it was. But we're bringing missionaries from all over the world, and we're training them. When we get home in November, we got two couples scheduled already. Are you hearing me? you got to have vision. And so here's Moses. God gave him a vision to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. But he just about was fit to be tied at the Red Sea. I could just hear him. God, just really you. You ever been there? God, will you give me confirmation? God, give me another opinion. Will you give me a fourth opinion? Will you take this cup away from me? No. Uh, I thought that's what you would say. So Moses, planted his feet at the base of the Red Sea. And he looked up. From when is his salvation come? You and I should do the same. And he listened. And he looked into the spirit. And he heard. Then he had to put action. He had to put action to his feet. Psalms 119, 105. Your word is a light unto my feet and a lamp unto my roadways. Are you hearing me? It takes faith to take the first step. And then the next, because the little lamp is a very small lamp. It only shines on one foot. So you've got to take a step, a step, a step, a step. And Moses took a step. His father spoke to him, and he says, I will part this sea of circumstance. You have a sea of circumstance in your life tonight. Perhaps it's as big as the Red Sea, or as big as the Pharaoh chariots that are stirring up the dust, because God hardened the Pharaoh's heart. Perhaps someone's hardened the hearts of some of the ones that you're working with, and all of a sudden they turn on you and they do a Psalms number 64. Anybody know what a Psalm 64 is? That's where their words become as arrows. And all of a sudden it's an ouch, ouch, ouch. You're pulling arrows out because their words become like arrows. They get Job's friends. They get dream poppers. And you've just had a vision to do something for God. And we had a vision for many years to do a training center. And some of the people said, oh, we know your finances. Oh, we know this, we know that. Don't listen to them, church. Stay focused. Stay focused. Because if God gives you a vision, is it Habakkuk where it talks about it? 
says, write it down. Write it down. What's that? Write it down. They, and then embrace it. Make it plain. Yes. And then he says, walk it. I'm almost 75 years old, so I'm running it now. Are you hearing me? I hope I'm an inductor. I'm not. I don't know how many days I have left, but I hope I'm preaching the day that I go to heaven. I've asked God if I could preach on my way there. But see, you have to understand, preaching stops when you leave here. All the things you are doing here stop right here. He chose you and I to be this generation that would have the greatest harvest in all the heavens and the earth, and that harvest is right now. What are you doing with it? Are you allowing circumstance? Have you heard the story of the little boy, eight years old, and he approached the pastor, and the pastor was preaching on all things are possible in God. I might have told this last year. I don't know. But listen to it and bear with me. By the third time, he pulled on the pastor's trousers. He said, Johnny, I told you that I'm busy preaching. Can this wait? And Johnny says, no, it can't wait, pastor. He's eight years old. Come on. Well, what's going on, Johnny? He says, my mama tells me that I'm not, that I'm impossible. I'm impossible. Are you hearing me? Her words. And here's the pastor one day speaking, and Johnny says, oh, my goodness, I found out I can really be possible now. So the congregation stopped everything they were doing, and they ministered to Johnny, and Johnny got set free. Give the Lord a hand. That's you and I. That's you and I. See, that's you and I. Susan and I just did a new book. My spiritual daddy in Hawaii, YWIM, asked us two and a half years ago to write another book about four missionaries. It's called Answering the Call to Missions, Following God's Heart. But in this book, we call this Mission Possible. Not Mission Impossible. See, missionaries are coming off the field, quitting. Some are not even starting. Some don't even want to start. So we wrote a book for missionaries. It's being very well received. It's only been out five weeks now, and we've given out more than a case of these books already. And we only give them to missionaries. See, God's literature is very valuable. Sue and I don't have all these books. Our, our father has the, the cattle on a thousand hills, but he also wants us to invest it wisely. Are you hearing me? But we wrote in here that this is mission possible. How much time do I have tonight? I don't even know what time it is. Tell me how much time I got left. Pardon? Fifteen? Okay. Are you getting anything, church? You're just if you're not, I'm gonna go up and sleep. I haven't slept very much lately. Okay, good. I'm gonna stay then. Okay. Thank you. You asked my wife. We haven't got a lot of sleep. <laughs> Whew. Where have we been sleeping the last three nights? You know what I'm talking about? We were sleeping on on cushions on the floor in the living room, off the couch. And they were lumpy, 
and there were cracks in between, and there were, oh, well, I know I was blessed to be there. The Lord woke me up at 3 a.m. this morning. He says, "I, Roy, I want to have a chit-chat with you. And I said, yes, Father, what? He said, well, go in the other room. And I said, well, I forgot my prayer shawl. He says, that's all right. You have a hoodie. Oh, that's right, I do. Okay. So I went in the living room, pulled my hoodie over my head. I got my 40-pounder out. I had a little business with heaven. You ever do that? It's time to do it. It's time to do it a whole lot. It's time to do it more than a whole lot. Years ago when I had my heavenly vision, which I talked about last year, and I went into the third heavens for parts of three days, the daddy said I was an intercessor, and I didn't even know that. I had to look that word up. He asked me and required a certain amount of time, like he does Heidi Baker. And when Heidi laid hands on me and Roland and some other rowdies and messed me all up, uh, I even got more strengthening to know that I wasn't the only one that he asked to do those kind of things, because I thought at first maybe I was. But see, he's asking the whole body of Christ that's hearing what the Spirit is saying to the church. Are you hearing? Are you familiar? There's seven letters to seven churches. Either have ears, hear what the church has to say to the church. Are you hearing me? So my point is that last night he had some business to do with Mr. Roy. Now, even though it was lumpy and I was flipping over and over and over and doing all that, and I talk a lot at night. Sue says I keep her awake, but I dialogue a lot with the Lord. And uh, I won't go into that. Anyway, we have some fun. But... uh, the other night I was singing, and I can't carry a tune in a bucket, you know. And I do a lot of solos. I sing solo. You can't hear me, you know. So, But when I sing to the Lord, he never says it's bad. So, you know. But when Sue hears it, it's like, ah, you know. But anyway, okay. And I'm going somewhere with this. She's, she really loves it. She really does. She just does this in church sometimes with her elbow, you know. Okay, because I'm singing off key, but that's all right. So what I want to do is I want to bring this to home plate. Too many in the church today are hitting singles, doubles, triples, and very few in the church today are hitting home runs. How many like Grand Slams? I know you guys do. You guys go to ball games, huh? I know you do. Brother, what happens when somebody hits a Grand Slam? Does the whole ballpark go crazy? Okay, that's what I was asking for. What happens when you hit a grand slam for the Lord? Does the body of Christ go, yay! Are you hearing me? Why? Because you've hit a grand slam for the Lord. See, too many are used to hitting singles, doubles, triples, and very few hit a grand slam. It's time that the body of Christ grow up what was that word uh, that we got? I wrote it in my journal. Um, I've journaled for 36 years now. I can go back and almost days and days for years and years. Okay, here we go. See it, say it, seize it. Write that one down. This one will take to, You can take this to the bank and draw interest on it. I guarantee you. Okay, see it, say it, seize it. See, your words determine who you are and what you are. Are you hearing me, church? 
got to start speaking words that are healthy, words that are grown up. See, when we pray in the mornings, we say, Father, oh, wow, I got a prophetic word the other night in a meeting, and it just fell out of my Bible. I guess I better read it. Well, that's pretty cool. Wow. Anyway, uh, the interesting thing is, see, our words determine who we are. It's like the little boy. How many have said, oh, well, I guess uh, I deserve that? What, what are some of the phrases that we say? Anybody? Put a demand on the Holy Spirit here. Put a demand on the Holy Spirit. What's some of the things we say out of our mouth? Scared to death. Oh, ho, 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 ho. you hear that one? Better break the spirit of death off you on that one. Surely I will live and not die. Are you hearing me? We've had three dead raised in our ministry now. We've had the blind see. We've had the deaf hear. That's what this book is about. This is all about the Acts 2 church. This has happened in our ministry. You might poo poo it, but it's true. 1981, the Lord says, one day you will move in the Acts 2 church. Ten years ago, or about seven years ago, it started happening. And I almost died five times, and the last time I almost died, I said, Father, what's that all about? I don't get it. He says, do you realize that when Lazarus died, Jesus wept, I think it's in Luke 11, and that touched the compassion of the daddy's heart. And he told me, in Africa, when I almost died the last time, I said, what was that all about? He says, Roy, it touches me when you're willing to die for my children in Africa and wherever else. Three days later, he healed our first death. Her name is Alice, and I have it on that recorder right there. And it's in the book. Are you hearing me? Because the Lord said I had the pen of a ready writer, Psalms 45, and he wouldn't let me out of it. I just wanted to, I don't know what I wanted to do. Daddy's put a real demand on our lives, on your pastor's lives. And the point I want to make is, what are some of the other things that we say? And I'm going to wrap this up. What? Oh, I can't afford it. If Daddy has all the cattle on a thousand hills, why can't you afford it? Are you hearing me? See, they told Sue and I. Sue, I lived in a in a suitcase before I met my wife. I had lost my first wife years ago, and I'm on the mission field, and I met her in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and I I was living out of my suitcase, and then I bought a motorhome. So we lived in a house with wheels for 19 years, and then we went to. Comanche, Oklahoma, and Sue lives in a house that don't have wheels. <laughs> it doesn't rock. You know, one day I was dancing in the spirit in the living room of our little trailer, and Sue says, we're having an earthquake, Pumpkin. I says, no, I'm just spinning. I was dancing in the spirit. Are you hearing me? I was having fun. But the point is, see, don't say those kind of words. Anyone else? One more. One more. Come on. Spit it out. Oh, ho, ho, ho. 
Do you hear that one? Ah! That's a pain in the neck. That's a pain in the foot. That's a pain in the mm mm mm, you know? Are you hearing me? And guess what? A pain in the mm mm mm, pretty soon you got the mm mm mm, you know? Are you hearing me? Remember I told you last year how many things were wrong with my body? A lot. Are you hearing me? Guess what? I travel the world. When Daddy asks me something, I don't say, oh, Daddy, don't you know I have all these things? I don't say that. I say, Daddy, did you say? When he asked me to go to Pakistan, Daddy, did you say? He said, I'm gone. He didn't, I'm staying. Are you hearing me? Of course, there is timing and all that. So tonight, I want you to think about this. This conference is about... Spit it out, someone. Merge is what? What is the merge? Come on. It's a blend, right? The same? Anyone else? Hi, brother. Good to see you. I remember you. Are you the one that's the dentist? No. Oh, you have a body shop. No. Oh, the chef. If I say five more things, I might get it. No. <laughs> that's pretty good. And this young man here, what is it you do? Okay. And are you related here? Oh. Oh, that's cool. Now, did I meet you last year? Okay. I was the rowdy one, right? Okay. <laughs> okay. Now, Matthew 6 says, Come on, Matthew 6. You should spit it out as quick as anything. What's Matthew 6 say? He's teaching them how to pray. Okay, come on. Are you getting a clue? He's teaching them how to pray. Our Father in heaven. Our Father, Abba Daddy. The cattle on a thousand hills. And what are you asking him to do? Merge. You're asking him to merge. Are you getting it? You're saying, Daddy, will you merge? See, merging is coming down here. Coming from the... Coming from here. Coming down here. And rending the heavens. And I'll wrap it up with this scripture over in Isaiah 64. Now listen. Listen well, church. Because on Sunday, I'm going to really get into this. I'm going to get deep into this. Because I want you to see some spiritual truths that will take you to the next dimension. See, God's a dimensional God. Are you hearing me? Say, God, you are a dimensional God. And we live down here in this dimension. But you're in a different dimension. And past the throne room, there are more dimensions. You see, when I went there in 1981, I knew that because I saw that. Are you hearing me? See, John went there, Paul went there, and the Lord took me there. He's taken many there. There's just not too many have told about it. John Piper was here last year. Was it? And he had been there. Betty Green. Are you hearing me? Okay. 
My point is this. I'm going to read this to you, and then we're, we're going to wrap it up for tonight. In Isaiah 64, and I will start in Isaiah 60, and then I'll go to 61, and then I'll go to 62, and then I'll go to 64, and I'll do that on Sunday morning. But your homework is read from Isaiah 60 through 64 on Sunday morning, and you'll be in the flow. I guarantee it. Listen to this, church. Verse 1. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. Are you hearing me? Come down to where? Here? Where's here? Right here. Come down here. Are you hearing me? See? That the mountains might quake at your presence. Heresy of presence. We were talking about it. The mountains might quake. Okay. As fire kindles the brushwood, as fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries, that the nations may tremble at your presence. What happens when a water pot has fire kindling underneath it and you light a match to it? And it's boiling water. What happens? It what? It boils over. There is an atmospheric change. Are you hearing me? There is a dimensional change. It becomes steam. Are you steam yet? Are you steam? See? When the shadow, when they walked in the marketplace and were praying for people and their shadow touched somebody, that was dimensional. That was an atmospheric change. See, that's osmosis. That's metamorphosis. It is a change, and that change can happen in you and I when you go out into the marketplaces of light. Glory to Jesus. Oh, I have so much more on these things. These things boil in my spirit. These things burn in my spirit. Why? Because he was looking for a Kansas boy that would grow up and go out and believe that these things were true and not worry about everybody's opinions anymore and to go out and be transparent and say, God, if you send me Isaiah said in Isaiah 6, 8, Lord, here am I, send me, send me. And before that, he was saying, here I am. From eight verses of scriptures, from verse 1, he went from an I person to an M person because of the presence of God. You go there and read it yourself. He was on his priestly duties. He was a Christian, and he was doing his duties, and, and, and the train of the Lord filled the temple, and he was undone. That's what I'm talking about. I was undone last night. He told me to get up, and I'm undone out there in their living room. And I go, oh, God, this is so good. Because he touched my heart. Is he touching your heart? See, it's all about touching your heart. Let me pray. Oh, my. 
Father, I don't know how to go sometimes with some of these things, but I want so much for people to feel your heart, see your heart, know your heart, and then take your heart. We're the only Jesus that some people will ever see, and we must take him out. We must never mock him. They were mocking him in Las Vegas the other night. One of the fellow was preaching out there, and we have a team out there right now. We sent from our house churches in, in Lake Elsinore, where we live, we sent a team out there. They went over there today, and we have a team there tonight and tomorrow. That's what we do. We train teams. And so we have a team out there right now, and they're pulling my cross. I have two crosses. I actually have three. I have one in Oklahoma now, too, but and, and a trailer that's outreach. But we have a team out in Vegas tonight. And we preach in Vegas quite often. We preach in Hollywood. We preach in a lot of places. But the point is, is that they were mocking God the other night. Thirty minutes later, they were dead. Are you hearing me? Now, maybe they weren't preaching the way you would preach. At least they were putting the word out. How would you put it out? With a megaphone? I have. I choose not to today. We got in trouble over in Tempe, Arizona once, Sue and I, and they egged us, but... Uh, We've had rocks, egg, everything thrown us. But the point is, is take it out the way he has you take it out. But take it out. But they were taking it out the other night, and 30 minutes later, a lot of the people were dead. His word never goes out without having results. So, Father, tonight, as I end this, I'm not trying to end it on a harsh word. I'm trying to end it on a loving word. First John 4, 8. John 17, 3. John 3, 16. God is love. Father, that's what we want to do. People say, what do you do? And I say, I love people to life. Spend time with the daddy, and I love people to life. That's what I do. You ask anybody, that's what I really do. So I ask tonight, you'll become lovers. You'll become lovers of heaven so much. It'll so touch you, it'll burn like it did as a fire in Jeremiah's, Jeremiah's bones. And... Pakistan, when I was preaching in front of 8,000 people, they said I brought the fire in the bush. So we must have fire. We must have passion. The passion that drove Jesus to the cross should drive us to the lost. So we pray tonight for passionate pursuit as a Sulamite maiden, as she chased her lover, not caring about her reputation. She was focused. May we be focused. May we be passionate. May we be. May we hold on to it with everything that we have. Can you say amen? Amen. That was awesome. Thank you for making us hungry. Thank you for making us hungry for more.